studio to the other, so it took me a minute to get settled there. <laughs> we need longer commercial breaks. Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> Stephen Simcox, Ward White's EP Garth. We're filling in for uh, Tom Barfield, who is at sea right now, cruising the waters on the open ocean. He'll be back uh, next Monday. So let's let's just hit the ground running, fellas. Um, a lot to get to. Finals last night. Suns win game one, 118-105. Chris Paul is magnificent. You heard it in Ward Sports Center earlier today. Um, he had 32 points, dished out nine assists, was just in complete control of the game. He's an old-school point guard in that, like, he just understands pace of play, how to manipulate the game. He knows when he needs to score. He knows when he needs to throw the rock around. You don't see many of those guys anymore. We're like the the point guard position now is really a score first mm-hmm. spot. Like guys are looking for their own shot, but uh, CP3 still has that, and he's he's a fun player to watch. He is a fun player to watch, and I like it because he does have the capability of being able to get the assist and see the floor completely. And you're right, not a lot of point guards in the game today, maybe just because of the way the game, you know better than I do, just the way the game has evolved, it's always, okay, where can I get my shot? for? Because, look, for most point guards in the league right now, with just when I watch, they haven't found a shot they don't like yet. <laughs> There's nothing out of range for those guys. Yeah, it's also a very different position because so many teams, or I guess just the stars in the league have kind of gone to this point forward role. Like mm-hmm. we see that with LeBron. Yeah. We've, um, you know, even seen that with Giannis a little bit with the Bucks. Uh, Luka Doncic, it's a big point guard. That seems to be the trend. Now you get guys that are six, five, maybe plus that can see over the defense, make passes, make plays. Um, so it's, it's changed a little bit. It's not, you know, John Stockton out there, or Jason Kidd kind of running the offense, making sure everybody gets involved. But Chris Paul is cut from that cloth, and he was really impressive. Also, Devin Booker was great. You know, his first game in the finals, he hadn't played a playoff game before this season, and uh, he's just been huge for them, 27 points last night. DeAndre Eaton inside had 22-19, and 22-19. And, and I actually thought going into the series, the place where the Bucks would have the biggest advantage would be inside, but they didn't really exploit that yesterday. Giannis gave it a go. Um, I just, I don't know, Ward. I'm not going to come out with the hot take and say that the Bucks are better without him. I'm not going to say that. But I do think it's different because when he's on the floor, he does so much of his scoring inside, it really does feel like the the court kind of shrinks. It does. You know? It filters inside when he's on the floor. There's no doubt about it. And I think as athletic as he is, he doesn't really have really polished moves yet. I know that might sound kind of weird, but I just sometimes I watch him dribble at the top of the key and want to take somebody off the bounce in isolation and it doesn't look very smooth. I'm like, that's not your game. And that's the problem the Bucks have run into the last few years is when the playoffs come around, you know, Ward, regular season, NBA defense is a little bit different. It is. It's just the intensity is not always there. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you're playing multiple games, multiple nights, so you're not always waking up and just okay, let's sit down and get the scouting report out and really dig in on what Milwaukee does. You just sort of know um, some cliff notes and maybe you know you get a sheet with some information, but you're not bearing down and watching a ton of film. And I, I believe teams just pack the paint on the Bucks, and it becomes harder and harder for them to score. And even though they put up 105 points last night, 
I don't think it was a very efficient 105. So uh, two five four six six two sixteen sixty. What do you think after game one? I really feel like the Suns looked like the better team. Um, I, I I took them in six games. I'm still sticking with that after game one. Or did anything that happened last night change your mind about how this series could go? No, I, I feel the same way. I just I think they're the better team. I think they can move the ball a little bit better, and that is because of Chris Paul I and mean, what what you alluded to a few minutes ago what he's able to do with the basketball and distribute and, and see the floor. I like the way that offense runs. And, uh, again, the Bucks don't see that all the time. So they're having to make adjustments on the fly against that. And I just don't think that they can. I'm not sure they can either. Uh, and Milwaukee's a really good defensive team, but they looked lost. I mean, nobody could check Paul. And I mentioned the, the two other guys in Booker and Aiton that uh, put up big numbers last night. So they have some soul-searching to do. Day off today, back at it tomorrow. So we'll talk about that at some point during the show. Actually, Q's going to hop back on with us at 5.15. He's landed in Vegas, so we'll chat with him about that. Um, I don't know if he's dabbled in anything yet, Ward, as far as, you know, nightlife there, but we'll see, (laughs) we'll see how he's doing if he's still, you know, upright. And then we'll talk about the NBA finals, um, and some other stories as well. So that's coming up But two, five, four, six, six, two, 16, 60. Did anything that happened in game one of the finals change your mind about the outcome of that series? Also coming up in the next segment, uh, Billy Embody from two, four, seven sports is going to join us. I told you yesterday about Jordan Hudson. Number 12 prospect in the 2022 class. He's a wide receiver from Garland. He was originally committed to Oklahoma. He is now committed to SMU. And then this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon, Chase Biddle, four-star safety from Garland. He is also committed to SMU for the 2022 class. They got a good lineman from Arlington High, too. They do. They also have a good quarterback. They're on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rashad Sample's done a nice job. Sonny Dykes has done a nice job. I want to know from Billy what's going on. Is this name image and likeness somebody uh, made a joke because biddle did a video when he committed and he said it was a business decision and people are wondering if that means <laughs> the pony express the, is back <laughs> the pony express is back in some ways but we'll we'll ask billy about that about uh just what's going on in dallas they have branded themselves as the school of dallas warden you said yesterday you think you know that highland park area there's areas of kind of uptown ritzy life that fits with that smu brand and they Mm -hmm. seem to be trying to lean into that and and uh form those relationships again yeah i think they are and it's gonna right now it's working for them and it's a great move by doing that because there was a lot of years that you'd go to an smu game and and i'm talking not in the too far distant future past Past, yeah that there was nobody in the stands Nobody. I mean, no. absolutely nobody at the ball games. And you know, and SMU's kind of had a hard time even before they built that stadium on campus. There was a time back when I played them, played at Texas Stadium, and it was, it, it was like it was, you're at a peewee field because there was nobody in the bleachers. Yeah, even going back to last year, I mean, they had some 11 a.m. kicks that weren't super well attended. And part of that is, like, it's just sort of tough for small private schools to fit. Like, we have this discussion about Baylor basketball, not as much last year, but most years. So why can't they fill up the Ferrell Center every night? And I think there's a lot of reasons. I don't really want to rehash that discussion right now. One of them, though, is Baylor has a pretty small enrollment in comparison to a lot of other Big 12 schools. Exactly. And you don't have as many, I feel like, what we would call maybe T-shirt fans who don't have a connection to the school but still ride hard for them and you know want to mm-hmm. be in the arena every single night. SMU is kind of in that same camp to an even bigger extent for uh, SMU, but 
that being said, there's a lot of energy right now, and we'll see if that translates to getting people in the stands on Saturdays this coming season. Uh, Rangers are in action right now, so they're trailing 5-3 to three to the Detroit Tigers. Kyle Gibson did not have a good outing. Um, looks like the bottom of the ninth's coming up, so they'll have one more chance. Had the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth with one out, only got one run across. But Joey Gallo has hit two more home runs today. <laughs> he threw out a guy at third. He walked in a run in the eighth inning. Uh, he's just on a... He heard you yesterday. He did. He's on a serious <laughs> heater right now, man. And, I mean, if I'm Texas, as like as much as it would kind of disappoint me in some ways, I think you got to be working the phones right now because this guy is just hitting the cover off the ball. Yeah, I, it, he, he is the guy that you can get something for right now. And I know Ranger fans don't want to hear that, but, I mean, if you're going to be in a true rebuild, you have to use everything that's in your reach to be able to legitimately rebuild and right now the way he's playing he's a hot commodity so we'll uh we'll chat with um um well or we'll do the rangers roundup either 445 or 5 today depending on just how uh you know the the day goes we have a guest at 430 jack moss former wsd athletic director so we'll talk with him we'll do the ranger roundup q at 515 billion body coming up next yeah, Rangers coming up in the bottom of the ninth here. They're down five to three. He's also going to be in the Joey Gallo is also going to be in the home run derby ward. We talked about that mm-hmm. yesterday. That possibility. So he's going to hit the ball in that thin air in Denver. And I think I don't know. It's always a hard thing to predict, but that feels like the perfect event for him. Oh, I think it is. I mean, and one thing that you said yesterday, he's not going to be facing any breaking balls. He's going to be facing you know some great fruits coming at him. And if he can get his timing down and, and get in a little bit of a rhythm, he's got a, as good a chance as anybody uh, out there because he can hit the ball a mile. And in mm-hmm. being in Denver, look out. I mean, we may see we may see a new record in the home run derby. That uh, I hate to go out that far, but I mean, seriously, that's I can't. Has the game ever been in Denver before? That's a good question. I don't know. It, it seems to make its way around pretty well, but I'm not sure if it's been there at Coors. I don't remember it being there, but I'm. It may have. You know, as sad as it sounds, one of my favorite memories as a Ranger fan was what Josh Hamilton did at Yankee Stadium Still in the Home Run Derby. Yeah. I mean, he was just destroying the ball, really put on a show. I think Justin Morneau actually ended up winning that Home Run Derby, but we all know uh, Hambone was the guy that was yeah, the, he stole the, the star of the show, and he was the one that everybody remembered afterwards. Ron chimed in on the text line, and you can anytime, 254-662-1660. Gallo and who excites you to see a Rangers game right now? Well, it's a great question, Ron. I don't know outside of Joey Gallo who you're going to the park to see. Adolis Garcia is a fun player. You know, we'll have to see kind of how he does over the next few months as the season continues. But um, they don't have a lot, Ward, that's exciting on that roster. I think right now they're hoping that the draw is going to be the ballpark, but that can only last for so long. And that's the thing. You know, that was the excuse of, okay, well, we're going to go with what we're doing. We're, re- we're quote-unquote rebuilding, but they knew what they were doing. They were going to rely on – Hey, everybody's going to come see the ballpark, so we don't have to spend any money right now. We spend our money on the ballpark. Let's just ride this out and get ticket sales because we've got a brand-new palace here, and then we'll turn it around and start going out and getting some uh, other other uh, games going um, with you know maybe getting some players that people want to see. You know, it's been a while since there have been Rangers, and used to when we'd go to the ballpark, there were certain players that, you wouldn't go to the concession stand and get a cold drink or a hot dog because mm-hmm. they were due at bat. Yeah. And you had to be in your seat to watch them at bat. I don't know that the Rangers have had that in a while. Maybe Beltre's the last one that that you probably really wanted to see hit the ball. 
Um, and maybe Joey Gallo's that guy right now. I don't know. For me, he doesn't push the envelope enough for me to say, oh, I'm not going to miss this at bat. Beltray would be the guy. I think Elvis Andrews commanded a lot of attention, but it wasn't because he was going to drop the ball at the ballpark. He was just a fun player to watch. Um, I saw a clip yesterday, or I think it was yesterday on Twitter, it was a anniversary of Juan Gonzalez hitting a home run. I saw that too. And it was 101 RBIs before the All-Star break. I yes. think he hit it off Randy Johnson too. He did. Um, it was the hit dead it on the, center. On the, right on the grass. Right on the berm there. I mean, he was incredible. Rafael Palmero was like that. Even A-Rod, I know that ended really poorly, but he was a heck of a baseball player. Yeah, he they, was one of the one of those guys. Yeah, he, they haven't had that player in a long time. So we'll talk some Rangers. We'll also talk NBA Finals in the 5 o'clock hour. Coming up next, though, we're going to chat with Billy Embody from 247 Sports. He covers SMU football. They've had some uh, big-time commits on the recruiting trail as of late. We'll discuss that next on ESPN Central Texas.
Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup tonight. Montreal is in Tampa Bay. The Lightning lead that series 3-1. Puck drops at 7. Surging COVID-19 cases in Tokyo have hit a two-month high that almost guarantees the Japanese government will declare a new state of emergency to start next week and continue through the duration of the Tokyo Olympics. The new state of emergency could lead to a ban of even local fans. That decision on fans is expected Friday. Rangers outslugged the Tigers 10-5 last night. Rangers have a getaway game today at Globe Life. You can catch that game over on 1590 and 99.3 this afternoon. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to ESPN Central Texas. Stephen Simcox, Ward White's EP Garth filling in for Tom Barfield this week. And uh, on hold, we have Billy M. Body, who covers SMU and LSU football for 247 Sports. And uh, a big couple days for SMU football. Billy, um, let's start, I guess, with the most recent commit. Chase Biddle, four-star safety out of Garland. He makes the decision today to commit to this SMU 2022 class. I know the TCU board is melting down a little bit right now. People thought the Frogs were in a good position. Um, what kind of ultimately gave SMU the edge in, in this big-time recruitment battle? You know, I, I think a big part of it was just relationships. Um, you know, SMU did a really good job recruiting him. Jordan Blake, who's uh, coming up as one of the young rising stars off the field in recruiting, had a really strong relationship with him. Rashad Samples, their assistant head coach, is one of the better recruiters in Dallas. I mean, if not the best right now, just considering, you know, where he's at at, you know, still a group of five, SMU, uh, versus, you know, some of the other top Dallas recruiters who might be at Power 5 schools and have, you know, that logo kind of behind them and helping them all the time. So those relationships were key. Uh, his teammate, Jordan Hudson, a four-star wide receiver, committed on the 4th of July, but I don't think that really shifted things here. I think the relationships, their plan for him, playing right away, I think ultimately that won out. They had a really good official visit with him. His mom was there. who's was a big part of his decision-making process, and so – she signed off on it, and I think it really came together over the last probably week or so. It was a huge, huge recruiting win to, to just catch up to the lead that TCU had and then push it over the top of the commitment. Billy, SMU has really gained some traction and, and starting to land some really good recruits. Is it just that relationship that they're being able to bond right now that's putting them in that position? Yeah, I think you look back at Preston Stone, who of course is an SMU legacy, so that's a little different, but he kind of started the trend of, you know, high-end prospects uh, committing to SMU, and then they built off that with guys like Isaiah and Wokabia, who had offers from Texas and uh, all over the place in, in terms of national interest. Uh, Roger Daniels slipped from ba- Baylor, and he was one of the best, I mean, just playmakers in the country overall as a senior. Uh, they built that in the 2020 class, and then in 2020, uh, or excuse me, 2021 class, and, and then in 2022 they've just built off that uh, with these high-end prospects, uh, Michael Abukin uh, out of Rowlett uh, had Oklahoma State, Kansas State, uh, a lot of uh, attention from from Baylor and other schools, and he opts to stay in the area. So they're just really starting to roll, man. It's uh, it's relationships. It's I think how real they keep it over there for the most part. That's one thing that uh, stands out to me. They don't offer many players. When they offer you, they they really want you. And uh, if you go down the list of their commit or their offers out this cycle. I was looking at it a little bit today. It's all Power 5 commitments, or it's uh, guys they've landed for the most part. I think there's probably 
three or four guys committed to other group of five schools. Um, in some cases, that's those have been recruiting wins. Others, maybe it's just a, a shift in uh, the board for SMU uh, as well. So they're just doing a really good job of being selective, prioritizing those guys, letting them come over, hang out at Sonny Dyke's house, which is allowed because he's about a uh, quarter mile or so from campus, uh, and just kind of keeping it real with them, and, and it's paid off in a big way. How much has Rashad Samples sort of changed the brand for SMU? I know he's obviously got the great relationships with his father being at Duncanville, but um, it, it does feel like the energy behind the program has really taken a, a huge shot in the arm since he got there. Yeah, absolutely. A big, big, big part of it. You know, I think Shane Bouchelle had a hand in it too. Uh, Reggie Robertson, uh, James Prochet, even you kind of point back to, to some of these other Dallas area guys that whether it tra- be transfer or whether it be coming home, uh, to stay in Dallas and play for SMU, they've kind of changed the culture. And then when Rashad Samples got there, that really started to push it over the top. You know, they were a finalist for Savion Bird. Um, they were in it for some other high-end Dallas prospects. And, you know, traditionally, uh, not traditionally, uh, but as of late, they've been in it more and more with those guys uh, than we can even really, um, you know, put into words. Xavion Bryce, who just committed to Oklahoma, who was a big riser this past month. You know, I think he's going to be one to watch for SMU to potentially flip down the line and uh, he was really high on SMU I think he wanted to uh, you know maybe make a decision sooner than he probably wanted it wanted to and so he commits to Oklahoma um, but he's one that you know now that they've got even more recruiting momentum you know if he pops back up on campus they can continue their push there so they're just doing a really good job it's it's, it's a bunch of different things coming together for them and uh, I think now with this NIL stuff uh, you know being legal it, it's not it's it, there's there's recruiting advantages to it with the Power 5 schools, like you saw Kayvon Thibodeau with a huge deal from Nike, saw Miami get all of their players, um, you know, about 500 bucks a month to rep a MMA uh, studio or whatever in, in the Coral Cables <laughs> area. But, uh, you know, SMU can, can help get these guys, um, you know, money or in position with uh, prominent businesses in Dallas to rep their brands and, and be influencers in that respect. So uh, we're starting to, I think, see that, uh, gap of you know being able to have a huge brand be just kind of closed by these group of fives who do it the right way as well. Billy Jacob Waller, the offensive lineman out of Arlington, a big pickup for the uh, SMU program as well. He's a, a good offensive tackle. Yeah, absolutely, and he's somebody that can play all over. Uh, he's six five, two hundred eighty five pounds, uh, and I was kind of looking at his offer list, and it doesn't it, you know jump out at you in a big way, but. I look at guys uh, like programs like Louisiana offering, and sometimes they get those sleepers that just emerge, and they had a couple draft picks. So if you're, you can kind of tell certain schools when they've extended offers to players that maybe that school that's in the running is doing a pretty good job of evaluating as well. Um, and you see that more and more. You know, if the, if the kid has an Iowa State offer, for example, you're probably thinking, okay, if they if they really like him, they think he can fit in the program. You're doing a good job evaluating. There's other example, examples of that too, but. That jumps out at me with Jacob Waller. I think he's versatile, um, and he's a, he was a really nice pickup on, on the 4th of July, and he, I think right now, completes their offensive line class too. Okay, Billy, so the jokes are there. Name, image, and likeness becomes legal, and suddenly SMU has a, a really hot streak on the recruiting trail. I, I know it's not as simple as that, but uh, how much are they trying to lean into this? Because it is a school with resources, so how are they trying to market that to student-athletes, or have they really done that yet? You know, the thing about it is SMU has been ahead of the game in terms of marketing their players, in my opinion, at least. I mean, you look at the billboards around Dallas with the, the, the players who came back 
to the Dallas area to, to play for SMU on a transfer front or being hometown players, you know, James Prochet, uh, Reggie Robertson, Shane Bouchel, Demerick Gary, even Rashad Samples, uh, you know, assistant head coach has, has a billboard and uh, I'm, it's a part of the recruiting pitch. And then on top of that, when you commit to SMU or you sign with SMU, you get access to uh, a, a designed logo, a brand logo. Um, and, and, and that goes for every player. Uh, so they can, um, you know, build their brand and, and their logo in that respect. And, you know, when they release highlights from players from practice or uh, from games, they, you know, tag it with their logo at the end. Uh, and the players have access to that. They have really, really good uh, relationships with the Dallas sports marketing agencies and, and the players meet with a lot of people in that respect. Uh, there's a few up and coming SMU agents and um, other uh, marketing executives that are, you know, I think going to become a part of that NIL pitch. Um, and just the way they brand their players and their program overall, it, it's not anything kind of self-centered. It's just getting the name out and, and doing it in a, a fairly real way. So uh, they've, they've done a really good job of it for quite a while. And now that they have the name image likeness ability, uh, that's just kind of uh, another way they can capitalize on it uh, in this brand building that they've been doing now for a bit. Billy, how much in that brand building is, we were talking about it uh, earlier in the show, about – the way SMU has embraced the Dallas community and Dallas on their uniforms and the D on the helmet and everything like that and, and really trying to get Dallas involved in SMU football. How much has that helped the program moving forward? Yeah, huge. Uh, that was something that needed to be addressed when Sonny Dice was hired, and he, he's done that in a big way, and they'll continue to do it. So, I mean, that is uh, been, the, been the playbook they've been using in, in this respect. Um, you know, being able to now partner with local businesses, if you're a player, like if you're, um, you know, Reggie Robertson from Mesquite, you know, if you want to rep a, uh, a restaurant from there, you can, if you want to uh, rep a car dealership or whatever, I mean, you can do all these different things and it, it's uh, just a total game changer. And a lot of these players are just staying home and, and playing for SMU or transferring back and, you know, building their brand even more. And now with that ability to rep the community on their own and not have to worry about, uh, you know, all the red tape or whatever is, it's a game changer and it's, it's gonna, uh, I just think it's the beginning for them. You know, being in a big Metroplex is, you know, an advantage that very few, you know, programs can take advantage of, whether, especially, you know, you look at it nationally, like some of the SEC schools or other schools and Power Five conferences, you know, those cities might not necessarily be these big Metroplexes where you have Fortune 500 companies and SME is one of those cities that does. And, uh, it's a unique, uh, recruiting pitch in that respect, too. Final thing for you, Billy. Uh, Sonny Dykes is not necessarily a young, up-and-coming coach. I mean, he's been around the block. He's done the Power Five thing in the past. So what do you think about his you know, long-term prospects at SMU? Because he does feel like um, a different type of coach that, that's in this position at a, a program that has a lot of momentum behind it. I would just say that there's a select, probably few, couple, maybe even job opportunities that he would go for um, and leave for. And it would have to be the right vision, the right, um, you know, setup, and all of those things. I mean, I think he's, like you said, seen the Power Five side of things at Cal, uh, and and you know, because of that, he has a very different view of what would be a good opportunity. But I think right now, I mean, him and his wife Kate are just so committed to this program; uh, they love it. Uh, you can tell in how he engages on Twitter. He's not an over-the-top coach by any means, but he certainly knows the value of it, um, and I think he's continuing to build that and. Um, you know, I think he's here for the long, the long run. Like I said, I think there's only a select couple jobs he would even consider leaving for, and it would have to 
you know, still at the end of the day be something that he sees as a positive, sees as a, the right fit, and that goes from everything from administration, boosters, facilities, program, and all of that. Billy Embody, he covers SMU for SMU 247, also LSU for Go247.com. Um, would be a good time if you're an SMU fan to subscribe to that SMU board because a lot going on as we just detailed there. And Billy, I see Go Bolts in your uh, Twitter bio. So are the Lightning going to get it done tonight? I hope so. I'm uh, in Tampa <laughs> Ford on a little tail end of vacation with the family. So we're, we're excited to watch tonight. There you go. Nice. Uh, we appreciate the time, man, and, and keep doing the good work. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Billy Embody, SMU 247. Um, yeah, Ward, I mean, it's it's working right now. And you don't want to make big proclamations based on one or two commits, but he mentioned Preston Stone, who's a quarterback mm-hmm. that's uh, highly rated. You talked about the offensive tackle over at Arlington. Um, this is not just like a flash in the pan type of thing. It does feel like there's some staying power there. So good for Sonny Dykes. He's done a heck of a job with that with that team. He really has. He's turned it around. And, you know, we talked about it, I think, a little bit earlier. And, you know, June Jones kind of had it a little bit. Um, but it was more of a flash in the pan than it was anything else for June Jones. He yeah. never really got it, a whole lot of tracks in there. Um, this feels a little bit different with Sonny Dykes. It feels like there's some tracks in there. And, you know, a great question you ask him, is he in for the long haul or is there somebody that could come swoop him in? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think he likes it at SMU. Um, and he said there's a couple of schools that might be able to lure him away. I think Texas Tech has to be one of them. Well, and every coach has that list, right? Yeah. Of four or five schools. Just that, because it's pops. Yeah, if they call, and and yes, because Spike Dykes coached there, um, there's obviously some places that could go get him. But I think he's just in a different place in life than a lot of coaches in that position that might be younger and might be looking to make another move. This is not Tom Herman at Houston or, no. um, you know, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. He hasn't left yet, but that could be a place where he could go. We'll see. I, I just I think SMU's in a really good spot right now. Coming up next, we'll talk with Jack Moss, former Waco ISD Athletic Director. That's coming up on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre, state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, DMRA Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. 
Chris Paul had 32 points and nine assists as the Phoenix Suns beat the Milwaukee Bucks 118 to 105 in game one of the NBA Finals last night. Game five of the Stanley Cup tonight. Montreal is in Tampa Bay. The Lightning lead that series three to one. Puck drops at seven. Surging COVID-19 cases in Tokyo has hit a two-month high that almost guarantees the Japanese government will declare a new state of emergency to start next week and continue through the duration of the Tokyo Olympics. The new state of emergency could lead to a ban of even local fans. That decision on fans is expected Friday. Rangers outslugged the Tigers 10-5 last night. Rangers have a getaway game today at Globe Life. You can catch that game over on 1590 and 99.3 this afternoon. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Back here on ESPN Central Texas, Stephen Simcox, Ward White, EP Garth filling in for Tom Barfield. And on the phone lines, we have a special guest. Uh, EP set this up. This is Jack Moss, longtime athletic director at Waco ISD at Lake Travis, has uh, coached and overseen a lot of great athletes. Um, and Jack, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, I-, I wanted to ask you, what kind of led you to, I know you were coaching at Westfield before you came to Waco as the AD. What led you to getting into uh, coaching and administration Um and, and choosing that as a career? Well, the uh, my last head coaching job was at MacArthur in San Antonio, and I knew that I needed to, about time to make a change. And uh, the principal of Westfield uh, called, and I went there as associate principal administration for three years, and... Uh, knew that that wasn't what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. And the Waco job came open, and there's an interesting story about that. I get an application from Waco. I had been talking to some other school districts, and I get an application from Waco and fill it out, send it in, and et cetera, and then they call me in for an interview. And I got the job, and... Today, I do not know who sent that application. Really? <laughs> wow. I ask everybody in, I ask everybody in HR and everything else because I didn't know anybody. Right. I mean, I knew Johnny, but I just knew him barely. I mean, you know, it was while I was at Gatesville, you know, and uh, so I, and nobody. I said, I, 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 so I still don't know. So did you just get a call one day and they said, come in and, and interview for the job? Well, I sent in the application and off of that application, they called to come in. Okay. And, uh, but whoever mailed me that application from Waco, I have no idea. Still don't know. Okay. That's great. Hey, hey, when you uh, were at Hardin-Simmons, you had an interesting coach at Hardin-Simmons slinging Sammy Ball. What was it like playing for Sammy Ball? It was a fun deal, <laughs> see. And uh, the only thing about him, of course, he he knew everything in the world about throwing the football. And we were doing it then, and playing. Uh, when as at Harden Simmons, we played Arkansas. We played LSU the year they were national champions, and they beat us two points. 
and we played Ole Miss, Auburn, uh, Arkansas. I don't know if I said that, but uh, and he was uh, a genius at throwing at throwing the football back when it was everybody running the wing tee. And uh, but the funny thing about practice was. We used a round hurdle, and if you stood in that huddle, he chewed tobacco constantly. <laughs> and he'd start spitting in the huddle, and everybody start running back because they're getting, getting their legs spit on. Uh, but it, uh, and the other thing interesting about him, you know, he was an outstanding punter. He held, he, and he still holds a record or two in the NFL. He would get players, uh, on the sideline, receivers, and have them run down the field like they're going to have a pass, and he'd punt it to them. And it'd go right in their hand just like he'd thrown it down there with his arm. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> That's pretty special. Uh, so you've coached, and you've also just seen as an athletic director some incredible athletes. I know Pete told us you coached Ricky Thompson. You were at uh, WSD when LT was there. You were at Lake Travis when Baker Mayfield was the athletic director. Um Mr. Moss, do you have you kind of found what are some of the qualities that guys like that have that go on to play at the next level that sort of separate them from everyone else? They they know how to work first of all, and they're and they're very highly competitive, and they uh, uh, will do all that they need to do plus some. And you know, talking about Steve Howe. Steve was an unbelievable athlete in Waxahachie and at uh, in football, basketball, and baseball, all of them. And during the spring, this was the thing that really uh, amazed me. During the spring, we had first period athletics so that we would not interfere with the other sports in the afternoon. And he would go through all season in that morning then go to baseball practice in the afternoon. After baseball practice, he would come back to the track, and, and, and he was an amazing hurdler and with his dad, and he'd work on the hurdles. And he never really believed he was really very good. And I kept telling him, you are pretty good, buddy. You know, it, uh, uh, but he was – and then he was recruited very heavily by OU – uh, that was back in the wishbone days, and uh, Baylor, and he picked Baylor, and then Coach Mo, you'd call a couple of times, and I said, well, yeah, he's going to Baylor, so that's that's it. The guy, and then uh, uh, Brian Millard, I don't know if y'all, Brian Millard was a a uh, offensive tackle at Dumas, and. Uh, Came to Texas and then had ten years. He played ten years plus for Seattle, and the, the other one, of course, was Ricky. And I tell the story about if if you want me to shut up, I will. I'll tell you a story about Ricky. When I went to Gatesville, as my first head coaching job, and it's always been very special to me because of that. And uh, by the way, I had. 80th birthday back in October, and eight of those guys came to my birthday party when not from 1969. Wow, wow, that's awesome! And uh, it uh, Ricky was a freshman the year in the spring, 
And when I went into places, I always had individual conferences with every single player. And they were, we would talk about everything but football because I really want to get them to know and know them and for them to know that I really cared about them. And at the end of it, I'd make a, you know, I'd, a little comment about, well, what are your goals athletically and et cetera. Ricky was probably 110, 15 pounds, and he was, might have been five foot seven, six or shorter. And so at the end of that conversation, I asked him, I said, what are, what are your goals? And he said, well, you know, I want to play here when I graduate. I want to go play football for Baylor. And I said, well, if that really doesn't happen, because uh, he's a little bitty toot. He, and he said, then I won't play pro football. He taught me a lesson. And I, needed, and I said, I always learn from somebody but something every day. And the lesson was, you don't, coaches, and I preach this every year, coaches don't put your limits on the, on the players. Uh, let them, you know, what you do, you find out what they want, you know, what they want, and you work hard trying to make it happen. And, of course, all he did was, you know, go on to Baylor and become the long jump champion four years in a row in Southwest Conference and went with the track team to Russia and, and then wound up playing for the Washington Redskins for 10 years. And uh, Ricky and I are pretty close. Okay. And uh, he, he's, a, he's a super guy. So I don't know. It was just the ability to – you know, set yourself a goal and work at it and doing the things. And then coaches, it was up to you and us to make sure that we try to enhance whatever skills they had. Jack, this is uh, E.P. Garth, and I got a question. One of your lasting legacies is here in Waco, and it and it still stands. And it, I always like to think of it as the house that Jack built, and that is uh, <laughs> the beautiful WISD Stadium, 20 years old now. And it's still as beautiful as it was, and it's one of the most popular locations for high school playoff games. How did the idea of that stadium come about? Well, first of all, we had Roseanne Stripling as superintendent. And I cannot tell you how, what a wonderful experience it was to be with her and uh, because she understood and really cared about what was best to keep kids in high end school. And she knew athletics was that Im- important to keep a lot of kids. I mean, they had to pass to play, and we needed to do whatever we could upgrade. So we were talking originally, we were playing out Paul Tyson, and we were talking about at that time was whenever the rubber field turf was just starting to be uh, sold around the nation. And so we were talking about, and I, I had checked on it. I called a couple of companies and, and putting it in at, at Tyson. And uh, then we were going to redo the press box, uh, you know, tear it down and, and do whatever. And through those conversations, finally, and I think it was probably her, she said, why don't we just build a new stadium? And I had that plan already in place. And I said, here's what we need. (laughs) And so uh, when it came down to 
we I wanted it to be as a benchmark for our kids. One for you know Jack Moss. It wasn't for Johnny Tusa or Leroy Coleman. It was for guys who's going to be playing in it, and it was going to be twenty years later playing in it. And it became the icon of all. And there's a lot of other great stadiums now been built on other high schools, but every one of them is a copy of Waco Stadium. And uh, so it, and, and we actually got it going pretty fast. And uh, so that the next fall, this was right at the end of spring, the next fall that we were going to be playing it. And we had everything, including Tom helped us on one thing. We, we were, I didn't know anything about radio broadcasting. And uh, he one that after a game or two, whatever it was, and he might remember this, I don't Whatever it was, the sound, you know, they weren't getting the crowd noise or they wasn't, whatever it was. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I got the architect up there and I said, you tell them and you get it fixed, whatever it is. <laughs> and we did. And uh, so, I, you know, he was he was kind of the driving force getting that part of it done. But it was – and we built it with a revenue bond. We didn't have to pass take bond money. And starting the first year, because Waco is in the center of the state and right on Interstate 35, our, and I told people, I said, if we build this thing where that we can get crowds in here, I said, we'll, we will raise a lot of money. And uh, there was a few naysayers saying, well, it'll just cost some money. With it. At the end of the first year, we brought in $200,000. And that Stadium uh, cost thirteen million to build, and all of them being built now are fifty and sixty and seventy million dollars. But Jack, so before I, the uh, time gets away from us here, uh, I wanted to ask you: uh, your driving passion right now is your cowboy art, and it's beautiful work. In fact, I, I want to uh, get in touch with you and uh, arrange purchasing one of your. Uh, paintings because I'm a uh, I love cowboy art myself, but uh, you began doing this years ago. You met one of the football moms when you were coaching at Dumas, right? And she got you interested in you were already an artist, but you you got interested in painting. Is that where you're uh, when you began painting cowboy art? Yeah, it. Uh, uh, of course, I was I was horrible, <laughs> and uh, uh, I could always draw. But I'd never used any colors of any kind, and uh, the uh, uh, talked to her, and, and it was in she painted in watercolor, and so I bought me a little old three dollar how to begin in watercolor and started messing with it when I could, and of course I was, you know, coaching this twenty four seven, and uh, so I was involved pretty heavily, and it would be late at night or doing whatever, and. Eventually, after about, I guess, three or four years, I started getting some in galleries around. But I never let it interfere with the, with the real deal about what happened on Friday nights. And uh, now, of course, I've, I uh, have a gallery. I bought an old building here in Atlanta and restored it. And I have a gallery here. In fact, I just got back this last week from... Stanford uh, Art Western Art Show, and uh, so that's come along. But my other my other passion, along with that, is Lake Travis football. 
uh, in Lake Travis High School, and uh, I still go to every one of their football games. I, I've missed eight games. I went there in 03, and I've missed eight games in that well, no, year. Yeah, nobody can blame you for wanting to go to watch really good football <laughs> every week. They, uh, the year before I went there, you know, of course, uh, I – I was already planning on retiring at Waco. Uh, Waco was super. I mean, I tell you, I love the place because, it, you know, able to, with Roseanne and everyone and Johnny and Leroy, and we were in the playoffs every year. Uh, and uh, it was it was great, super. The last two jobs I had uh, were uh, – a very good ending to to my athletic career. And then Lake Travis, two years before I went there, was one in 19. And uh, I don't remember, I haven't looked up, but they probably didn't have more than four or five winning seasons in all those years prior to that. And uh, we were allowed to make a lot of changes athletically. And uh, the first year, 03, we were three and seven. And the total number of points that, uh, that we lost those seven games in was 21 points. And the next year, we were district champions and have been in the playoffs ever since. And there have been 13, I don't keep records, <laughs> really. There are 13 years since 07, whenever we won the first state championship, and we have played in eight of those state championship games in those 13 years. Well, Jack, we uh, we really appreciate your time today. You've obviously made a huge impact on this community, not only um, you know with the stadium, but with the people that you've coached and taught and overseen. So thank you for, for making the time. And, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate you hopping on the radio with us today. All right. I, I appreciate your phone call. There he goes, Jack Moss, former Waco ISD athletic director. Um, also spent a number of years at Lake Travis. Did a great job turning that program around. Ward, I can't imagine Lake Travis going one and nineteen over a couple of seasons. That does not sound doesn't seem right, does it? No, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't sound like uh, the program we've come to know. But obviously, he was instrumental in in starting to build that, and they've become an absolute factory, especially for quarterbacks. Um, there's few people in the world that have bigger impacts than coaches. You know that, Ward. Your mm-hmm. dad, long, long time coach. Your brother's coach for a while. You did as well. Uh, but just the people that they touch. I mean, he said it. 80th birthday um, recently, and he has players from Gatesville coming to see him that played for him almost 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, it's a special relationship between coach and player. It is, and you know you you find those guys that that stay in it for a long time and are able to have those relationships and still have the connections back from the 60s and kids that they coached and probably coached their their children and then coached the grandchildren and great-grandchildren and have those opportunities. There's few of those out there, but they're out there, and those relationships are lifelong relationships. We talk about it all the time. You're not just a coach to those kids. You're a mentor, and you're able to have those lifelong relationships with them throughout the years. It, it is. Um, it's it's a special occupation. I know so many coaches that we talk to in the Central Texas area, it's more than just, you know, um, coaching football or basketball or whatever it might be. It is about impacting young kids. And 
EP, I mean, that stadium, it's held up for a long time now, and it's still state quarterfinals, state semifinals. It's a popular location to to play playoff games at, along with, you know, all the events they do at WSD through the year. Yeah, they were quite the foresight to see the impact it would have on Texas high school football and um, on Waco uh, ISD football as well. I mean, it just, you know, you from this part of uh, the city, I mean, you can see it. You step out the door here, mm-hmm. and you can see the press box of WISD Stadium, and it's just a gorgeous sight. I want to tell a story about Jack Moss. I, I years ago, when he was a head coach in Waxahachie, uh, he had a sophomore uh, kid named by the name of Steve Howell that uh, he had out of position, and uh, they were zero and three. They had uh, had not won a game it uh, yet, and so I picked up the Waxahachie Daily Light that week, and I uh, noticed, I read the uh, that he was going to start, Steve Howell, at running back. And so when I gave my Friday morning uh, predictions over the local radio there where I, I started my radio career, uh, I said, well, a sophomore will arise from the ranks of the Indians and lead them to their first victory of the year. And by George, if they didn't, <laughs> And Steve Howell, uh, they, he never rested at running back for the next uh, two and a half years. Ended up being recruited by Grant Taft, came to Baylor, uh, had uh, four great years at Baylor, and then was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. So it's a great story there. Love Jack Moss. That is yeah. a great story. Uh, yeah, you have to have those coaches that can find the right place for, for young men. And um, good on Steve Howell for making EP look good on that prediction. That's, yeah. what, that's what's most important to us in, in the radio business. Uh, hour number two coming up next. We're going to have Q join us at 515, talk some NBA with him as well as you know him getting settled in Vegas. Grab bag at 530. We do that every day. Another segment that we do every day, usually at 445, but we push it to five. Ranger roundup. Rangers fall today to the Tigers. But some interesting news on Joey Gallo. He continues to be hot, and he's going to be involved not only in the All-Star game, but another event at the All-Star game. That's next on ESPN Central Texas. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Good Feet store. Ah, music to our ears. Just like the words of Deidre and Dave, real customers who decided to give Good Feet arch supports a try with a free fitting and test walk. The pain would shoot up my heels. I would tiptoe out of bed because my heels hurt so badly. The pain level was over 10, and my doctor recommended that I go to Good Feet and try the arch supports. When I went to the Good Feet store, I had a free consultation. They allowed me to try on the arch supports. And took about three, four steps, turned around and went and sat back down and started to cry. It was the first time that I had no pain. See how our trusted specialists and personally fit arch supports can help with foot, knee, hip, and back pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. We're fighting hard at Pickup Outfitters in our battle to end truck nudity. But it's not just about putting an outfit on a naked truck. It's about making sure you have the very best customer service. So we offer the Pickup Outfitters Lifetime Installation Guarantee. Over time, sometimes your outfit needs a little tune-up, maybe some tightening, adjusting, whatever. If you outfitted your truck at Pickup Outfitters, that tune-up is absolutely no charge for the remainder of the time you own that truck. We also offer free warranty assistance. If for any reason you need to use your warranty, you just bring it back to us and we take care of it. It just makes sense. 
I mean, operating without a promise like that would be like offering customer service in the nude. And if you've seen our staff, trust me, you don't want that. So do your part to end truck nudity by outfitting your truck, Jeep, SUV, or van at Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco, where we promise to serve you fully clothed. Check out our website, createacommotion.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Is that Saturday in the park? It is. Is that Chicago? It is. Look at me. How about that? So, you With can... an abrupt ending. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday! <laughs> um, you can chime in on the text line anytime, 254-662-1660. Jeff M. Belton said, I think Coach said he had players from the 69 team in his party. That's 52 years, Simi. Don't make TCU grads look bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're right. You're dead on. Uh, I didn't do the math in my head, really. I just kind of said 40. 40 plus, I think is what you said. Listen, I'll tell you something, Jeff. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> TCU is a great school. People call it the Harvard of the South. Nobody calls it that. Um, I am not the poster child for academic greatness from Texas Christian University. If you're trying to, say, distinguish alumni or, wow, TCU is a great school. So-and-so went there. It must be a hard school to get into. That would not be me. I I did not get in just about anywhere out of high school because I did not take the SAT too seriously. I went to MCC, which is a very good place for people like me. Got my grade point average up, hustled my way into TCU, got a broadcasting degree, finished with a 2.7. So not, not exactly the most illustrious academic career in the world. But TCU is a great place to go, and I'd encourage anybody to do it. Uh, they're not, they're not you know, resting on my laurels, though, when it comes to academics ward. <laughs> You got the cap and gown. I did. I got the degree, and that's all that matters. And honestly, at this, in this business, it's funny. Um, you know, I thought that was a big deal, and it is. You know, getting a degree is a big deal, but nobody's asked me about it. Like as far as job interviews go, mm-hmm. in the radio world, the only thing people ask me is, "Hey, do you know how to run a? Do you know how to run a board? Can you run a board? Can you run a board? What have you done before?" And that's that's the extent of it. Um, so I, I would say, if anyone's out there and you're like, oh, "How do I get into the radio?" I would say come up to the station and ask the intern and learn how to run a board because that now. is, yeah, and and maybe do it right now if you want to, uh, but that is the 
path. It's not always about education. And that also makes me think, the other day I was at the doctor with my son. It's me and my wife and, and my our newborn, Sawyer. And he saw that I was, or he asked us, I guess, where we were from, and we said McGregor. Sawyer did? Yeah. Oh, you mean the doctor. He's Sawyer's really advanced. <laughs> he's probably... He's an he needs I, to go to that TCU. He's an Ivy Leaguer. He's <laughs> going to do better than TCU. Uh, the doctor asked us where we were from, and we said McGregor, and... Um, the doctor said, what do you do? He looked at me and was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I work in radio. And he said, oh, I thought maybe you were an astrophysicist or something because SpaceX is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seemed very disappointed. But <laughs> <laughs> when I said I was in radio, I was like, oh, okay, you're not smart. You're not somebody I need to talk to. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's the reputation however McGregor is a <laughs> physicist, which was... Not the reputation when I was growing up, but I'm glad that I'm glad that many of those around watching bulldog games. <laughs> no, not a ton. Some great people have come from McGregor. Some really smart people, but I don't feel like when people heard McGregor, they were thinking physicist. I'll tell you what, though, those rockets—they shake my house. I, I send Ward some videos sometimes. Oh my gosh! Because uh, they they get after it over there. Yeah, I live in North Waco, and it shakes my house. Really? Yes. Wow. It's amazing. Well, we can all blame Elon Musk. Uh, EP, get over there and hit that Ranger Roundup sounder for me. Uh, brought to you by Kaleo Wealth Management. Right here we go. Here we go. Time now for the Ranger Roundup. Brought to you by Kaleo Wealth Management Group. All right. Ranger Roundup. Rangers fall today to the Tigers 5-3. to three. They lost 2 out of 3 to the lowly Detroit Tigers. Not a great series um, for Texas. However, Joey Gallo went yard twice. He's going to be in the All-Star game. He's hit 10 home runs in 10 games. He's also, according to John Heyman from MLB Network, going to be part of the Home Run Derby there in Denver. We did find out, Ward, that it's... The All-Star game's been in Denver before. Yes. In 1998. Mm-hmm. I would expect Joey Gallo to put a charge in the ball in that thin air in the altitude there in Colorado. You would think that that would be the case. And, you know, because we've seen we've seen it just in games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how he does in the home run derby in that thin air. It, I am It too. should be a great hitting opportunity for him yeah Shohei Ohtani, and everybody i guess Shohei Otani will be a part of that as well um trevor story who plays in colorado uh pete alonzo who's the reigning champ so it should be fun but it brings and i know this might be a question that people get tired of i think it's one of the more interesting things about this team though right now gallo told evan grant or told the media yesterday evan grant wrote a story about it that he desperately wants to stay in Texas. He loves Arlington. He wants to be here. He hears the rumors. He know the trade. He knows the trade deadline is coming up. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not really sure. Unless you really think this guy is is the dude that you want to build this this whole ship around. I don't know how you hold on to him, Ward, when you're struggling so much. You just lost two out of three to the Tigers. I mean, other than the bright spot series here and there, it's been a tough season for texas and you need reinforcements in that minor league system if gallo is the guy that commands a market then you have to explore it you have to and one of the things about the rangers the reason why the rangers were good when the rangers were good is because they had the best farm system in baseball or at least top two maybe top three if you really dug into it that's not the case now for the texas rangers in fact they're probably at the bottom three of of the farm system in in baseball. And so if you're going to 
have aspirations of getting back to playoff baseball in Arlington, getting another shot at a World Series in Arlington, that's the first thing you've got to do is build that. And you got to build it with guys that are close. You can't go in and say, okay, we're going to go get these eight or nine guys that we think have potential. Because you know what I think about potential. It's something you haven't done yet. But the other thing is you don't have, you can't wait that long for those to try to develop because some of them just may not ever develop. You've got to get guys that you're pretty sure that have a chance to get there within the next, I don't know, what do you think, three years? Three, four at the max? Four at the max, I would think. I mean, the weird thing for the Rangers is they finally waved the white flag, but they've technically been in rebuild mode for for a while for four years Mm -hmm. i mean they had that one team that you know made the playoffs and flirted exceeded expectations with jet banister but for the most part they've been a group that's either been hanging around 500 or has been much worse than that um so they gotta they gotta make some moves and you know you also if you make the trade you have to live with the fact that he might go somewhere and hit 40 home runs oh he will for a number of years uh mosley we're talking about this on his show today and he mentioned chris davis now chris davis crashed and burned in baltimore i mean like he had a really good couple seasons Mm -hmm. i think long term texas made the right choice but yeah he's right and chris davis got to baltimore and figured it out and it was tough to watch because he struggled so much in texas he was a lot like they had two guys they had justin smoke on that team as well Mm -hmm. and justin never really figured it out but he was another guy that when he ran into the ball it went a long way the problem was he struck out so much um I think even Nelson Cruz is someone who falls in that category. And I know everyone cringes when they hear his name. Sorry, Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's 41, and he's still, he's still going. going. Like, he's DHing for the Twins. I was reading an article the other day that he was involved in trade talks, and I thought, Nelson Cruz is still somebody that people are willing to buy, but he's a bat, and everybody needs an extra bat when mm-hmm. you're going in the playoffs. So that's it makes what he sense. is. Yeah, that's what he is. He should have been playing in the field in the bottom of the ninth. Thank you, Ron Washington. But that's another mm-hmm. discussion for another day. We'll leave that right. alone. Um, anyway, he can still hit the ball. Tim and Waco said, we were talking about who you know who do you go see when you go to a Ranger game. He said Kyle Gibson. He saw Kyle Gibson put on a clinic when he pitched against the Royals. Kyle Gibson actually pitched today. Six and a third. Not one of his better outings. Gave up five runs. Now, I left the bases loaded in the seventh, and the bullpen kind of let him down. So that stat line might be a little misleading. I like Kyle Gibson. I think he's a good pitcher. Um, I'm not sure how much he drives the needle, but that is another good player on the Rangers team right now, Ward. Well, and you're talking about a team that there's three guys maybe right now that that push the needle. It's Gallo. It's uh, Kyle Gibson. And Adolis Garcia. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Garcia. Yeah, I think, you know – Connor Faleff is a good player. I don't know if you're coming to the ballpark to see him. I don't think so. Um, but they don't have a lot. Now, I will say, so Texas has the day off tomorrow. They played a couple games. And by the way, they won last night 10-5. to Actually played pretty well. But, you know, that doesn't really make the story when you lose today 5-3. to mm-hmm. uh, Less than 24 hours later. But John Hicks has come up. And he didn't have a great day today. But he's hit four home. Going into last night, he hit a home run last night. And that was four home runs in four games for this catcher that's been called up. Um, I don't know if Hicks is a, a player that goes back to AAA once everybody's healthy, but he's he can hit the ball. Mm-hmm. And 
the Rangers don't exactly have, you know, Jose Trevino is a good defensive catcher, but that's about it. He's not going to do a whole lot of the play for you. Jonah Heim kind of from that same mold. So maybe that's somebody you find a place for in the second half of the season because uh, he can hit the ball a long way, Ward, and they need help in that lineup. And, and what, at po- what point do you look at this Ranger team, too, and say that's a guy that you bring up and there's probably maybe two or three others that are on the edge that in normal seasons you probably wouldn't bring them up, but why not push them on through the gate right now and give them some major league experience because your team is not doing anything right now. And at least those guys can get out there and get a little bit of taste uh, of, of playing underneath the big lights. And maybe, just maybe, you find out exactly what you have. I A lot of people say that you don't want to rush anybody, especially in baseball. But sometimes sometimes taking that chance on those guys and giving them a chance when when there's nothing going on with your club and you're a terrible baseball team, it gives you an opportunity to really find out what you have and what you need to do. Right. I mean, I think you're already there. You know, you're in evaluation mode, especially if you go ahead and trade some of these guys before the deadline. But mm-hmm. post All Star break, you, you got to wrap. You got to start looking at what you have. Um, day off tomorrow, then a three game set against the uh, Athletics to close out the first half of the season. Then the All Star break next week before returning to action again on Friday, July sixteenth against the Toronto Blue Jays. So Rangers fall today. In your mind, is Gallo gone? Yeah, I think he is. Now, I don't know what kind of haul they get for him, but I think he's gone. I do, too. Um, because he's just hitting the ball so well right now. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody that's in the running's going to take a chance on a guy like that. And I'll say this. I mean, y- you need to get something because I can't run down all of them, but they sent uh, – and it's not like this guy was a big player. They sent Keone Kell over to the Pirates for Taylor Hearn, and that has not worked. No. They got Willie Calhoun for you, Darvish. Hadn't worked. Nope. I mean, I like Willie, but... I mean, he's he's a fun story, but he he hasn't been the guy that you thought you were getting from the Dodgers. He's hurt a lot. Yeah. There's still really no place for him on defense. You can stick him in the outfield, and it's fine, but he's not a good defender. And the thing that he was supposed to do was hit the ball. And he, and he hadn't been doing that. He hadn't found it at the major league level. So, the other frustrating thing is you need to start getting returns on these trades. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, it's hard to do immediately. But my point being, like, I don't want to send Joey Gallo to the Dodgers for their 67th ranked prospect. Like, you need to get. I, I need I need your best pocket. Yeah, I, I need, need your best guys. I need some of your best arms. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like he'll he'll be gone, um, and that'll be unfortunate. But at the end of the day, it's it's about getting that return on your investment. Coming up next, you know him, you love him. Q has landed in Vegas. We're going to try to kind of run the gamut with him, but we'll uh, we'll just check in with him and talk some NBA Finals. That's coming up on ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. We could see a few scattered showers and isolated storms early this evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy and humid with a low of 72. A mix of sun and clouds tomorrow with a 20% chance of a passing shower or storm in the afternoon. 89 the high and on Friday, partly sunny with a 30% chance of a scattered shower or storm and a high of 88. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. When you're dealing with life's ups and downs, it helps to know the ins and outs of insurance. 
Farmers Insurance has been sharing practical insurance knowledge for more than 90 years. At David Greenup Insurance Agency, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Contact David Greenup Farmers Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889 to find out how he can help you protect the things that matter most to you. That's Greenup Insurance Agency at 254-855-8889. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Feel like you're missing out on the Fiesta? You don't have to. La Fiesta Restaurant is open with dine-in seating, drive through and delivery. Now, you can get the famous purple Margarita to go or delivered with any food purchase. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier with family pack of fajitas, enchiladas, and tacos. Order online or call ahead and get any of your La Fiesta favorites at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Stop by downtown in Waco at Way Cool Tacos in Union Food Hall. Way Cool Tacos, located corner of Franklin and 8th Street. Live from the Big 12 Media Days. This is Tom Barfield. Join the voice of the Bears, John Morris and me, Wednesday, July 14th and Thursday, July 15th, live from AT&T Stadium for Big 12 Media Days. Brought to you in part by the Office of Baylor Alumni, BP Services, Cooper Clinic, Heritage Creamery, TFMB, your bank for life, and the Baylor Club. Big 12 Media Days, Wednesday and Thursday, July 14th and 15th, here on ESPN Central Texas. At CNC Collision Center, they handle any paint or body work job. In fact, they offer a lifetime warranty on any paint and body job they do. But that's not all they do. At CNC, they can take care of all auto repairs. If your AC is on the fritz, let one of the specialists take care of it so you can beat the Texas heat. Need new tires? CNC has what you need and can even install a Rhino bed liner in your pickup. So for all your automotive repair needs, go to CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Chris Paul had 32 points and 9 assists as the Phoenix Suns beat the Milwaukee Bucks 118 to 105 in game 1 of the NBA Finals last night. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup tonight. Montreal is in Tampa Bay. The Lightning lead that series 3 to 1. Puck drops at 7. Surging COVID-19 cases in Tokyo have hit a two-month high that almost guarantees the Japanese government will declare a new state of emergency to start next week and continue through the duration of the Tokyo Olympics. The new state of emergency could lead to a ban of even local fans. That decision on fans is expected Friday. Rangers outslugged the Tigers 10 to 5 last night. Rangers have a getaway game today at Globe Life. You can catch that game over on 1590 and 99.3 this afternoon. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to ESPN Central Texas. Stephen Simcox, Ward White, C.P. Garth. We're filling in for Tom Barfield. He was on vacation. And special guest, you know him. Doesn't really need an introduction, but Q is with us. Q, who has uh, got a great opportunity. He'll be on the air in Vegas next week. First of all, man, uh, how, what was the trip out there like? I know you had to drive, and that's a that's a long road trip. 
how was it and are you pretty settled now over the past few days? Um, no, I'm not settled. <laughs> <laughs> not settled at all. The trip was 18 hours. Ooh. I actually drove 18 hours. Jeez. I drove uh, starting on Saturday, and I got to Albuquerque, and then I shut it on down Saturday night, and I woke up Sunday morning and drove the rest of the way. So I've been here. I've been looking for a place to live. I think I have a good in on a place to live, but not quite yet. I have It hasn't been confirmed. Then I've got to fly back to Texas on Friday morning. I'll be in uh, Waco around noon and then pack up a U-Haul, pack up the wife, pack up the kid, and drive another back to Vegas. So, yeah, that's still in my, in my future. So there you go. <laughs> You're driving a U-Haul 18 hours? Yes. Oh, exactly. my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's... It's, no, it's no fun. I, and I drove 18 hours by myself, so I had a lot of time to think and talk. So I talked out loud to myself, so anyone that drove by me thought I was crazy, but it's okay. <laughs> so in the midst of all this, did you catch game one of the finals last night, and what did you make of the Suns uh, getting it done over the box? Man, I watched it. I watched it from start to finish, and it was an amazing game. And I, I'm rooting for Chris Paul and the Suns in a major, major way. I've doubted the Suns. I've doubted Chris Paul so many years. And just to see them be where they are right now, and it's not the usual suspects. Ward talks about it all the time. Not the usual suspects. They're there, and and they just they put on a performance, man. And and I'll give it the Greek freak, man. Giannis did. He came out and he was balling, and he looked like he was unstoppable. But um, I mean, he he just kind of ran out of gas. But man, that was a heck of a performance. I'm excited by uh, you know game two because I don't know what to expect. I saw what the Suns did in game one, but I don't think it's going to be just that easy in game two. So I think it's going to be a heck of a series, and we might get back next year to you know the regular suspects, the usual guys that are in the finals. But right now, this is kind of a breath of fresh air, man. It's been a lot of fun watching the Suns and now the Bucks competing uh, for a championship. Q, uh, Stephen and I were talking earlier how Chris Paul's game kind of looks old school a little bit as a point guard. Do you enjoy that? Do you see the same thing of he's able to not only score from different places but be able to dish the ball around and really run that offense? And that's almost a lost art in the NBA right now. It really is, man. And, you know, the funny thing about Chris Paul and what I kept laughing at, the whole time I was watching the game with my mom and I just kept laughing, I was like, man, this dude, he does everything that looks so unorthodox. You know, he's dribbling, then he stops, then he goes sideways, then he goes backwards, then he goes forward. It's just like, if I'm a defender, I would be so frustrated trying to guard him because I don't know what direction he's going to go next. You know, I don't know, I don't know what to expect. I know what the Greek freak's going to do. He's going to go, he's going to drive to the lane, he's going to stop, stutter step, he's going to do a spin move, and he's going to draw a foul. That's what I expect from the Greek freak. But Chris Paul is so, you just don't know. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so crazy to see what he can do and then he'll pull up a jumper or like you said he'll dish the ball to someone for an easy layup or or, a, or an alley-oop or something I mean he's he's so talented and and I've really I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys I have underappreciated Chris Paul throughout the course of his career because he's never been a winner in my opinion he's always you know been injured during the playoffs or something and and he just never has been able to get his team over the hump this year it's because of him that the Phoenix Suns are where they are, and that is special. So I'm, I'm pulling for Chris Paul like there's no other, and I'm hoping that they get this done. I, I wanted to go about six games only because I want to see extra games, but I, I would, would not be shocked if it goes only you know five games uh, at, at the least. We're talking with your boy Q about the NBA. Uh, he's live in Vegas. So Q, another thing that I wanted to talk about with you, and it, it's really unfortunate that this story is kind of hovered over the finals, but it broke in the New York Times uh, actually on July 4th that Rachel Nichols, when she was in the bubble, um, she was yeah. 
secretly recorded, I guess. I mean, it was a camera in her room. She didn't know it was on. And she was having a conversation with an NBA executive where she basically accused Maria Taylor of being a diversity hire, of you know getting right. the job that she had hosting NBA Countdown uh, in the playoffs because ESPN was trying to have more diverse voices, and she wasn't a fan of that. Um, so ESPN didn't do anything at the time. Now they've demoted her. They t- they didn't do the jump yesterday. They did it today. Um, what did you make of kind of the fallout from all this and, and just, I guess, her comments and the story itself? Man, this has been a wild story, right? I mean, this is like the biggest onion because you could just peel so many layers off of it. And I really feel for Rachel Nichols. Like, that's the first thing I'll say. I feel for Rachel Nichols because, again, like you mentioned, she didn't even know that she was being recorded. She didn't know that somebody that was an ESPN flunky back in, you know, the, the mothership was recording it and was going to break it up and then send it out. Like, that's that's just not something that, that she thought she was a part of. She didn't think that that was what it was. But she went and, frust- and, and, and voiced her frustration about, hey, wait a minute, I feel like you're just putting Maria in her in this place because it's always been a lack of diversity here for a long time. And even as a female, I understand it. Now, I'm not saying that she's 100% correct. We all know how you know the, that situation gets down, and we can go through any walk of life and see, well, you know, this person didn't get that job. There's probably multiple reasons. Or maybe that guy even got, you know, talked to or, or, or you know, communicated with because he was that, you know, a certain race or, you know, a diversity just to kind of fill in the blanks on that. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I feel like I've done interviews with different people and I've talked to different people because they were like, well, you know, we had to talk to a black guy. And that sucks. Nobody wants to feel that way. You know, we talk about it with the Rooney rule all the time, you know, in the NFL. I hate that rule. I don't want to be hired because I'm a black dude. I want to be hired because I'm a good dude. Uh, you know, and I want to be the, the best. I think Maria Taylor is talented, and I think Rachel Nichols is very talented. I think both of them are on the same level. But ESPN, the the mothership, you know, has has dug themselves such a hole that all of a sudden they find themselves in a bad situation. So it's left to interpretation, and once it's left to interpretation, then well, then it's it's you, we all know how that shakes out. So it's a tough situation, man. I hate it. I hate that it puts a, a shadow, a black eye on this uh, NBA Finals because I think the Finals is going to be great. Um, I don't think Rachel Nichols is going to survive this. I really don't. That's my gut feeling. I mean, like you said, the jump was back today. It wasn't there yesterday. She went out and apologized with Perkins, uh, Kendrick Perkins, and Richard Jefferson out there. I thought that was a terrible PR move. Terrible. Like, don't apologize. Don't come out there with two black guys and be like, hey, I got black friends. Like, nobody wants to hear that. I mean, come on, man. Either apologize and say that, that I was wrong. I didn't, I, you know, this is not what I meant. And do it by yourself or don't do it at all. And that would that'd be good. But to do it with two guys and to have them like co-sign for you, that that was kind of cheesy. So I, I wasn't for that. And that was not on Rachel's part. I feel like that was on ESPN's part. So there's just so many layers. It's such a bizarre situation. And I don't think Rachel Nichols is going to, like I said, survive this. I think within a year you'll see that she's probably going to another network, doing something else, only because it's just I think it's going to continue to snowball. Do you, do you think that's going to be on her doing that because she needs to move on, or is that ESPN finally saying, yeah, we've got to just slowly step away from this instead of doing it rapidly? I just don't think they can come up with a, a, a good, clean answer. Yeah, I really don't. You know what I mean? Like, again, going back to Kendrick Perkins, he's like, well, you know, Rachel, you've always been respectful to me, and you've always done that, and I appreciate that, and I know you got a good heart. It's like, why are you talking? 
you know, Ward, if you came out and you said something stupid and you had to go apologize and then you wanted me to co-sign for you, it's like, wait a minute, why is Q talking? Yeah. That's on Ward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, that, that to me was the first misstep. And, again, I think that was not on Rachel's part. I think that was on ESPN's part. Like, hey, sure. man, just own it. If you want to own it. If not, just let it let it go. Like, yeah, I said it, but I said it in my own room. I didn't know I was being recorded. And whoever recorded it and decided that they were going to uh, send it out to different media outlets, that's on them. We have conversations. We do it in commercial breaks. We have conversations all the time about people, about situations, about companies. I mean, we do that all the time. And if my conversation was recorded and I didn't know I was being recorded, and then all of a sudden, you know, E.P. Garth is in there and he decides he's going to send it out to everybody, that's on E.P. No, no disrespect, but I'm just saying. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like it's, all, you're it's right. on you. Like, wait, we were having a private conversation, man. Everything's not meant for radio. And if it was meant for radio, believe me, I'd put it out there. So it's just, it's so many layers to it. I, 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 I hate this for Rachel Nichols because she's been so good at what she does for so long. And she's been almost the poster child for the NBA uh, as far as, you know, just being able to cover it, being a sideline reporter. You know, also they put Malika Andrews on. And, hey, mm-hmm. she's talented too. There's a lot of talented people coming up. So it's just, it's just a bad situation. But I will say real quick that you never want to be the person that gets hired and think that you just got hired because of this. Every time, and, and this is this, I can say this right now as I got this job here in, in Las Vegas, I don't, I don't think that they hired me because, oh, he's a black guy that knows sports. I think they hired me because I'm a talented dude and I work, I work really hard. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And that's what I want to believe. But all of a sudden, if it came back and I heard, like, oh, man, I can't believe you put you in that position. You know, I know that you have a diversity problem and you want to look good for, for, the, uh, you know, for the public. I get it. That would, that would bother me because I'm not trying to get a job because I'm a black dude. I'm trying to get a job because I'm a good dude and I work really hard. I don't want to be the best black dude in the business. I want to be the best dude in the business. You know what I mean? So, you know, and it makes Rachel, not Rachel Nichols, it makes Maria Taylor look like, oh, she's been given a handout when that's not the case because she works really hard. So it puts everybody in a bad situation. I guess that's the, 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 the what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We're talking with your boy Q live in Las Vegas. Uh, Q, I know you're going to be on the air Monday. So if people are listening, because you know you have a ton of fans here, um, do you know, is there an app that they can find you on? Do you know your time slot yet? Like, how, how is that going to kind of work? Or is that still all in motion at the moment? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, LVSportsNetwork.com, that's the website. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about a confusing website. If you look at that website right now, it will make you shoot yourself. I mean, it is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm looking at, I looked at it, and I, had, I almost had a seizure. And no, you know, no disrespect to anyone who may have a seizure, but it's so, it's so many, like, flash everything it's crazy it really bothers me like how 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 weird and un unusable it is you know what i mean like it really needs some i need to talk to brian y'all need to hook me up with brian and be like hey man can you dumb this thing down a little bit just so it's user friendly because that thing is tough but with that being said lvsportsnetwork.com you can find all the radio stations that we're on and i'm supposed to start and do two to six in the or two to four i mean in the afternoon which is four to six uh central central time but there's a guy that's on vacation, and so I think I'm going to fill in for him from 4 to 6 Pacific time, which would be 6 to 8 uh, Central Texas time. So I think that that's what I'm going to do to start with, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, all I know is that people said that they put in uh, vacation time for football season, and I laughed. <laughs> I laughed at them. I said, you're not going on vacation <laughs> in football season. Who does that? So I haven't made a lot of friends already, but it's okay. <laughs> More importantly, Q, I need to know, today is Wednesday, tomorrow is Thursday. Have you found your Thirsty Thursday spot yet? 
Well, I'm actually sitting in the parking lot of Twin Peaks right now. <laughs> so that's my and boy. I've been here the last two days, so that tells you all you need to know. I actually, and Pepe would be happy to hear this. I actually watched soccer today. I watched England and Denmark. I watched the whole match, Good and game, it wasn't man. because I wanted to. It was because a guy came in who's an English guy, and he said, "Turn the TV on the, the soccer." He was so fired up, man. He started yelling and everything. Oh, soccer's on. England's on. Turn it on. So we all started watching just because, well, he was so fired up. His energy got me excited. So I started watching it. And then he left it at halftime. And so I ended up watching the whole thing. It went to overtime. England won. They're going on to the finals. But it wasn't something I cared about. But at some point, I got locked in. Like, oh, man, this is cool. So I got stuck watching, uh, I got stuck watching uh, soccer at Twin Peaks, which if you're going to get stuck watching soccer somewhere, Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks is not a bad place yeah. to do it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll let you get back to Thirsty Wednesday. Q, good to hear from you, brother. <laughs> Best of luck and safe travels on Friday. We'll see you soon, okay? All right, brother. I appreciate you guys. Keep doing what you do, man. Sure thing. That is your boy, Q. You know him. He's the guy. Uh, live in Las Vegas. And, yeah, Ward, I think he's going to have a good time there. Yeah, he is. He'll be fine. <laughs> Grab that coming up next. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about Alan Samuels. They're located uh, not too far from us at 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. They're your friend in the car business. It's one of the hottest months of the year in Texas. So Allie and Samuels is turning up the heat, making the hottest deals around on the new lineup of Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, and Fiat. Ram Spotlight, Spotlight Days is going on now. Ram is the three-peat motor trend truck of the year, back to back to back. Ram trucks are also the top safety pick for trucks named in 2021. Come check out the great-looking, always-reliable, built-to-haul. It's just the truck that gives you everything you need. That's the 2021 Ram Trucks. And Jeep Freedom Days are also going on right now. Jeep, see the most decorated SUVs available. Jeep is built tough as nails and able to stand up to any challenging off-road trails or city roads that you might encounter on your next great adventure. The incredible 2021 Jeeps feature new innovative technology to meet your lifestyle and give you the ride you've been looking for. Jeep has a new era of capabilities. That's all at Alan Samuels, your friend in the car business. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Good Feet store. It's music to our ears. Just listen to Deidre. I would tiptoe out of bed because the pain would shoot up my heels. When I went to the Good Feet store, they allowed me to try on the arch supports, and I started sobbing because I had no pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I love what I do. Every day I have the chance to help people chart a path toward their financial goals and pursue their dreams. We build relationships with each client and enjoy seeing how they appreciate there's someone working just as hard as they are to help meet their objectives. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. 
Jessup Housing in Waco, a premier affordable manufactured home builder, is looking for skilled workers at two of their locations to join their team. Paying up to $18.50 per hour to start, they also offer free health insurance, production bonuses, paid holidays and vacations, 401k with company match, and opportunities for advancement. Apply in person at Jessup Housing today at 1101 Foundation Drive in Waco or 1001 West Loop 340 in Waco or apply online at jessuphousing.com. Join the Jessup Housing family today. My customers want everything now and faster than ever. It's a whole different world. Business is changing. USPS is changing with it. Find out how at usps.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service. Priority you. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Chris Paul had 32 points and 9 assists as the Phoenix Suns beat the Milwaukee Bucks 118-105 to in Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup tonight. Montreal is in Tampa Bay. The Lightning lead that series 3-1. to Puck drops at 7. Surging COVID-19 cases in Tokyo have hit a two-month high that almost guarantees the Japanese government will declare a new state of emergency to start next week and continue through the duration of the Tokyo Olympics. The new state of emergency could lead to a ban of even local fans. That decision on fans is expected Friday. Rangers outslugged the Tigers 10-5 last night. Rangers have a getaway game today at Globe Life. You can catch that game over on 1590 and 99.3 this afternoon. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. Welcome back to Game Time. Grab bag. Steven Simcox, Ward White, T.P. Garth. We're filling in for Tom Barfield. He'll be gone all week. He's out at sea on a cruise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that make you laugh a little bit, Ward? Yeah. <laughs> Just picturing Tom <laughs> with a drink with an umbrella in it, sitting yeah. on the dock. Mm-hmm. I've never been on a cruise. Have you? No. I have no desire. You just don't like the water? Um, I just... I don't want to, yeah, I just, not something I'm very interested in doing, being cooped up on a boat out in the middle of nowhere. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess, tight quarters in some ways. EP, have you been on a cruise? I have, and the only thing to do is uh, to eat. You yeah. eat all the time. They have this big spread at midnight, you know, and, you know, who wants to eat that late anyway? Not not me, but yeah. anyway. Uh, but it's uh, some of the things that you get to do, like when we stopped off in Jamaica, and uh, I, I, tr- I did, I told you the story the other day where I ran, I was scuba diving and ran out of air, so that wasn't. That doesn't sound like ideal. Is it sound like a good time, EP? And I would opt out of that excursion. But I did parasail, and that was a lot of fun. Okay, so that was fun. EP got the fear factor excursion, <laughs> running out of air, scuba diving. My goodness. <laughs> Okay, so this is Grab Bag. This is where we hit on some things that we haven't throughout the show. Ward mentioned this in a sports center. Um, COVID-19 cases in Tokyo are rising fast. Yes. Only 15% of the country there is fully vaccinated. And they're thinking of putting another state of emergency um, in soon that would be extended through the Olympics. So what does this mean for the Olympics? Well, they have to make this decision by Friday, and it could mean that local fans won't be able to be there, Ward. Which means um, no fans. Which means no fans will be there, which would be really unfortunate. You know, JMO was talking today. He said they did a podcast with Will London, who went to Baylor and will be in the on the Olympic team. And uh, he was asking all these questions like, man, what's it going to be like for the opening ceremonies? He said, well, I won't be there. Because his event 
is later on in the Olympics, and they're only letting you show up five days before your event. That's all bad. So you're not there as long, so you're not, you know, the possibility of infection. They're going to try to do this and get it done, but it's going to be very different. He also asked Will about, you know, are his parents going to be there? Well, no, because he can't go. It's just local fans. And now local fans might not even be there. Warden, I mean, the Olympics, it's not like a college football game, but it's still great to have people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just adds to the atmosphere. So it'll be very strange if that's not the case. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's all going to unfold. It's going to be very, very different. Um, and we knew that it was probably going to be somewhat different anyway with only local fans getting to be there. I, I, I feel for those athletes because they're not going to get the true Olympic experience um, with all this going on. But, you know, thank goodness they get to compete in the Olympics. And then we turn around in three more years and they get to do it again, which is good. I'm glad that they're, they're not going to push it back uh, for four years um, mm-hmm. and try to get back on track. But I, I, I do th- feel like it's – it's a little bit disappointing for me personally. You know, I love the Summer Olympics. Yeah, and, and it's I'm, great. I'm all in on it. Um, so I, I think it's going to be – I just hope it's not so different that it's not enjoyable to take in. And I still believe once the events start, everything will kind of level out and be as normal as possible. But it has been sort of disappointing. I mean, we saw uh, Sakari Richardson. She had the, the drug test issue, and then they mm-hmm. left her off the team. The four by one hundred team now, you know, possible state of emergency. Um, so there hasn't been great news out of the Olympics so far. They're going to decide that on Friday, and if they do put that state of emergency in, it will be extended through August twenty second. The Olympics are supposed to end on August eighth, so obviously that would affect you know the entirety of the event. So hopefully that's not the case, and they can have at least local fans there. The XFL announced today they are planning to relaunch in twenty twenty three. They had talked with the Canadian Football League about maybe doing some sort of collaboration uh, between leagues. That's going to be put on hold for now. But XFL coming back in 2023, they tried this right before the pandemic started up award. Mm-hmm. They had to shut down in the middle of the season because of the pandemic. I didn't personally get the feeling that they got a ton of momentum. No. I know they had some backers. Now it's a totally different group of investors. Is The Rock still involved? I'm I'm sorry, I'm not that in tune with it i mean didn't he buy as far the, as i know he didn't bought he buy, it. bought yeah. by the whole thing okay he, he bought it but um, i haven't heard anything about it with with him as the owner and it moving forward i've just heard the invest the quote-unquote investors and that's i i don't understand because i thought when he bought it he was going to really put his money into it and try to get this thing going i think the word i heard on him though was when he bought it his intention was to basically keep the trademark and then okay. sell it to whoever actually wanted to get it going again. There you go. So that might be the case. Um, I just don't think spring football is ever going to work. I don't either. I mean, we have a huge appetite for football. I get mm-hmm. that. But I they, mean, the USFL is going to try to make a comeback. <laughs> and I don't I don't know how that's going to work either. I just don't know who's asking for it. I mean, I, I get it. We love football. We watch it, you know, all through the fall, into the winter. But... It's the NFL. It's a great product. It's college football. It's a great product. It's high school football. It's a great product. And even if there's some nostalgia with some former great college players, people just don't latch on to these teams. We saw the Alliance of American Football. They had one really good weekend Mm -hmm. to open right after the Super Bowl. And everybody thought, okay, this is the one. This is the one that's going to get a foothold and catch on. They didn't. Um, I know the XFL had some staying power because they had all those investors, including Andrew Luck, but... 
or excuse me, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's father. But they had to declare bankruptcy during the pandemic. Vince McMahon sold it, but they're going to relaunch in 2023. Don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but they're going to give it another go. And uh, we'll see, um, you know, when we get more information on that, when they're going to play and, and how they're going to try to make the league happen. I saw this break across before we started the segment. Jacob DeGrom is going to skip the All-Star game. He says he wants to uh, spend time with his family, um, rest, get ready for the second half of the season, which, hey, totally understand it. Um, his business needs to do what he needs to do. But, man, it's it's a big bummer. He's 7-2 and two with a 1.08 ERA ward. Hmm. He's going to finish with the second lowest ERA at the All-Star break since 1933. <laughs> Bob Gibson is the only one that was better. Um, wow. He's been an absolute monster. Plays for the Mets. Mets are not very good, but he's mm-hmm. fantastic. Would have liked to have seen him going against some of the best hitters in baseball, but he's going to uh, shut it on down and enjoy a little bit of a break before the second half of the season starts. You don't see that very often, uh, a player opting out of an all-star game uh, in baseball. And if he feels like that's what he needs to do for his family, then, you know, you, you can't you can't argue with that. Uh, it is disappointing, though, because you'd like to see him against the best of the best. And that's, that's what makes the baseball all-star game so special because it's the only one that is competitive to a point where you you can stand to watch it for the entirety mm-hmm. and it still has the best of the best playing in it um the rest of them i mean i i don't the basketball all-star game's a, a joke to me uh and and football it, it, they don't they don't care <laughs> what are they even they doing what are they even doing at the pro bowl anymore I, I don't know they don't even care to be there at all so it's it's just completely i mean ever since barry switcher was eating a hot dog on the bench <laughs> it's kind of went downhill from there yeah the pro bowl they tried to uh get it going again by not putting it at the end of the season but in that week in between mm-hmm. the super bowl and the nsc and AFC championship game that hasn't really worked I just, I mean, it, it's never caught on. I get why people don't like the NBA All-Star Game. It's fine for me. It's a show. I think that's what it ultimately is supposed to be. But I understand mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of intensity there. Um, and the MLB All-Star Game, I think, is the best. But we're seeing more of this as well as guys just kind of make decisions. You know, not for, to be in it. Not to be in it. Um, final thing in the grab bag, Dario Saric for the Suns. He tore his ACL last night. They say he's out indefinitely. He's obviously going to be out for the rest of the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, he's averaging four points a game in 11 minutes over the postseason run. So, I mean, he's one of their reserves. Not a huge loss, but he will not be available for the Phoenix Suns for the rest of the series and obviously the rest of the season. We'll take uh, one more break here, come back, wrap things up. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender. My money, my future, my credit union. 
have a business or a school or a team that needs to put their logo on something, then let the pros at Mallory Screen Printing and Embroidery do the job for you. They can customize your logo on t-shirts, caps, dress shirts, golf shirts, winter apparel, and more. Stickers for any occasion, banners and signs, large or small. See more at MalloryPrint.com or call 1-800-433-2220. For your next custom screen printing or embroidery, check out their full catalog at MalloryPrint.com. I worry about lots of things. My finances, my grandkids. If you're 65 or older, you have enough things to worry about. Pneumococcal pneumonia shouldn't be one of them. Even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for this potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 13. Here we go. Game time. One last segment today here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll be back tomorrow and on Friday as we finish out Tom's vacation. I have a stack of papers in my hand because mm-hmm. they took our trash can. I noticed that. So What happened? I don't know what happened. I wasn't thinking, Ward. <laughs> Not the first time it's happened. Probably won't be the last. Uh, thank you to Jack Moss who hopped on with us today. Also, Billy Embody and your boy Q was yeah. on with us. He'll be uh, driving a U-Haul 18 hours. Oh, my gosh. Now, he, the trip in his car was 18 hours. Yes. I got news for him. Yeah. In the U-Haul, it's not going to be 18 hours. That's what uh, Pat Kerrigan said on the text line, which you can chime in on anytime, 254-662-1660. He said, uh, yeah, U-Haul, 18-hour trip in a U-Haul is more like 22 hours. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a long haul. But excited for him as he gets settled in uh, Las Vegas, gets ready to hop on the air uh, starting next Monday. Still not exactly sure what role he's going to be in and has already ruffled some feathers as program director. So all good reports from Q in in Las Vegas. He found Twin Peaks. Imagine that. I'm shocked. I'm shocked he found a place to... (laughs) He knows where Twin Peaks is and he knows where the stadium is. that's, That's all you need. He's set. Did you watch any of the match last night, Ward? I did. You know, I did too. I'm not a huge golf person. One thing I'll say is, have you ever been to Montana? I have not. Big Sky Montana looks pretty incredible. <laughs> it looked nice, didn't it? It looked picturesque on uh, TV. So Aaron Rodgers um, and Bryson DeChambeau defeated Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady 3-2 and two in the match. They played some match play golf on TNT. This started with uh, Tiger and um, Phil and then Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. I don't think this event had the same sizzle. For one, you know, Tiger and, and Phil had a good rapport. DeShambo's just a different guy. He's just, yeah, he's, I didn't, I didn't enjoy his partaking in it. He's, I mean, it's a, it's supposed to be a fun event. It's supposed to be lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And you could just kind of tell Bryson couldn't turn off the 
analytical golf side of his brain while he was playing. Yeah. He, he just didn't really seem to loosen up. No. Um, Phil's funny. You know, I thought Aaron and, and uh, Brady were funny. They asked Aaron Rodgers if he was going to be quarterbacking a couple times, a couple times <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers, and he was very coy about it. He basically said, I don't know. Um, I did hear this point get brought up, though, and I'm not sure how much merit there is to it, but they joked around about that situation a lot, about Aaron and his frosty relationship with Green Bay right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Colin Cowherd that said he that leads him to believe that maybe it's not as serious as we're making it out to be because if, he's, if people are joking, if those are his friends and they're joking around about it on national TV, then... It's not as bad as we're trying to make it out to yeah, be. Yeah, potentially this is a non-story that might get smoothed over. And I still think ultimately he's going to play for Green Bay this year. Uh, but he hasn't come out and said, hey, I'm going to be at training camp or anything like that. So we'll have to see kind of how it uh, comes out mm-hmm. at, regarding him and, and that team moving forward. But that was uh, yesterday. That was last night. This is not a great night for live sports. Um NBA Finals have a day off. Rangers fell to the Tigers by the score of 5-3 earlier today. We do have some hockey tonight. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning playing in Game 5. Lightning can close it out. It feels very strange to me that Tampa Bay might be getting back-to-back. I mean, Tampa Bay as a hockey town is just... Doesn't seem right. Really odd, Ward. Yeah, it's very odd. I can't can't quite wrap my my head around it. And not only that, they're very good. I mean, fixing to go back to back. Yeah, they're really, I don't, really good. I don't see how Montreal is going to be able to come back from where they're at right now. Down three games to one. It may be over tonight. Because um, the games that the Lightning have won, they've won going away. It wasn't like they just won one to nothing or two to one or anything mm-hmm. like that. They've won by three or four goals in each one of them. No, they have. They can really score. Uh, you know, they get, they took down the Stars in six games. That was back in the fall in the bubble. Stars, unfortunately, did not um, – really answer that run with much of a no. of a fight this season. But Tampa Bay is right back where they were. Also, Euro Championship going on right now, which I'm not going to pretend like I am a soccer expert, but England beat Denmark 2-1 to one today. They've never won the Euro Championship, and they're very excited as they're okay. going to take on Italy in the final. So, Ward, there is your soccer information Thank you. for today. Take that one back to Burleson and tell all the guys okay. about England. I'll, I'll take Italy. I like pizza. He'll take Italy in that mm-hmm. one. Okay, we'll take that one back and tell all the guys about England um, and Italy coming up in a couple of days. EP, you're you're a soccer head, right? Or you kind of got invested in it when you started covering midway soccer games? I did. Yep, that I started covering it, and actually, I had I was I had four soccer players uh, in one class, uh, eighth grade U.S. history at Midway. Where, but by the way, I'm so excited. I'm fixing to go back and do that gig again. But anyway, yeah, and so, but anyway, so I didn't know much about soccer, so I had them teach me uh, the game of soccer, and then when I did my first broadcast, I put one of my students in my ear so he could make me, you know, help me not look, sound so stupid. Really? Yeah, until I, uh, you know, I learned the game and learned how to do it on the radio, Uh, but the biggest surprise about doing it on the radio is that there are no timeouts in soccer. (laughs) No, those 90 minutes go by pretty fast, uh, which I, I'm sure would be tough for a play-by-play guy sitting in the booth that whole time. One thing we didn't get to, 2021 uh, All-Big 12 football preseason team was announced. 
Offensive Player of the Year, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Not no a big surprise. surprise there. Mike Rose from Iowa State, linebacker, uh, is the projected Defensive Player of the Year. Hmm. And Newcomer of the Year, transfer Eric Gray. He's a running back at OU. He transferred in from Tennessee. I could see that, but, of course, at OU, you have to wonder as a running back how many opportunities you're going to get because they like to throw the ball around. But he yeah. is a talented player. A couple of Baylor guys were on the team. Terrell Bernard at linebacker. They listed Jalen Petrie as a DB. He plays, you know, kind of that Jack hybrid position. Um, but two defensive guys, nobody on the offensive side of the ball, which is not a huge surprise, Ward, but the identity of this program has shifted in the past few years. It's just still kind of weird to see Baylor with a great defensive team. Yeah, it's uh, something that's very unusual, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see because I think that that's what they want to set themselves up as is a defensive team. Does that work in the Big 12? We'll see. I, I do think the identity is shifting a little bit, but, hey, you still got to score. That offense last year was just such a mess that they didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a great defense, but you still have to be able to put up points and put your defense in better situations by not going three and out all the time. We'll be back tomorrow, same time slot, four to six. J-Mo will do two to three. Matt Mosley will do three to four. This has been game time on ESPN Central Texas. For myself, Ward White's and E.P. Garth, good night. This is the Big 12 Buzz, a daily look inside Big 12 athletics. Here again is the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12